0: Deeper down the rabbit hole Saturday 6 p.m. live in Toronto Ontario at the Queen City Curio a cult and spiritual store it's okay we got a little more room
1: <laughs>
0: so we're broadcasting live from Toronto Pagan Pride uh, in Dufferin Grove Park so welcome everyone I welcome everyone here. You can't, everyone can't see on the camera. There's a whole bunch of people here. Great. Thanks for showing up. Yep. Then we got the woo? See? <laughs> like, I can hear them. Um, so so we're coming back. We just did a Fox Magic class, me and Zach, and yep. uh, did a little ritual. So if it gets a little scatterbrained. You know why? You know why? Which is appropriate because foxes are sort of chaotic entities anywhere. We're talking about chaos magic. There's a lot of um, misnomers about chaos magic that we have to start. So I wrote a book called Hands on Chaos Magic. And chaos magic is uh, very much a meta-philosophy. It's not a system of magic. And why do we need a meta-philosophy? Well, let's go back to a story. The story of Peter Carroll, who started sort of chaos magic altogether. But he wasn't alone. He had a whole bunch of other magicians. They got together at a bar. Because it's the UK. And it always happens at a bar in the UK. Good stuff happens in bars in the UK. And... They started talking about what they actually do. What do they actually do for magic? One person's doing Buddhism. One person's doing runes. One person's doing ayahuasca ceremonies down in the middle of the jungle. But they all have a similar commonality. They're all getting results. Those worldviews, some of them, are in opposition to one another. So if you're having an honest conversation about magic but your worldview is our opposition how does the magic work how can it possibly work with oppositional views and they said let's take this a little further what if we take some buddhist techniques and use that in our shamanism what if we take some like what if we take some rune techniques and apply it to buddhist sand mandalas? what if we take this and try to mix that would this work peter carroll by by himself kind of is a physicist. So he loves the scientific method. He kind of wants to experiment. He wants to see what's possible. But the question that was being asked is, why did this work? None of this should work. None of these combinations should, should ever work. So this, as a scientist, who at that time was primarily studied Buddhist magic and he's listening to other people and we're starting to mix and match None of these things should work within the set traditions that are being talked about. So they came up with an axiom that they basically said, there may be no ultimate truth. And he started a whole magical order called the Luminates of Thanateros, which always has fights every few years. But I'm a member, right? <laughs> because magical orders, witch wars, those, those go hand in hand, right? Um, but, and it's a chaos magical order. Um, So, of course, you know, people disagree and fight, but whatever, right? But he started this because he wanted to have a discussion with other people about what's going on here. What happens when we divorce the capital T truth from the magic? The only way you can do that is if you start to talk about things called like a meta system. And he wasn't alone because at the same time, in literature, there was this movement called postmodernism. In physics and science, it was quantum physics. In art, it was the observer effect or performance art where maybe there's a banana that's on a wall and that's the whole art piece because you are interacting and have to interpret what this means based on you. Like the actual meaning isn't set for all these different things, right? This is the same notion chaos magic is saying about magic maybe the actual meaning isn't set and you have to observer is setting a certain meaning or setting a certain constraint or setting a belief and maybe it's that core belief that makes these things let us connect or otherwise operate these levers so if someone believes in a certain set of levers it works but if someone else believes in another set of levers it works so what happens is if you swap levers does it still work if they can believe it if you openly disbelieve it does it work more often times no it doesn't do anything so if someone who thinks buddhism is totally a lie that's not me and it just is not worth anything they try to do this magic what happens it never works they cannot get it to work you know what if someone thinks that rune magic is garbage and they try to do runes nothing happens And when you start studying this from a bunch of scientists and a whole bunch of chaos magicians have master degrees or better, myself included, like, and we're all about science, like half of them are physicists. I'm a data scientist. So I'm all about how does this actually work? If you divorce authority from the magic, you get another interesting thing happening. Where do most religious systems derive from creating belief? Is it through observable results of prayer or because the pastor says so? Most of the time, because the pastor says so. Or the priest class says this is it and it's the God's will to do this or not. But what happens when you divorce the spiritual aspects of them from the authority? So let's give some more context for chaos magic. When does it also come about? What style of music is coming when chaos magic is really starting? Punk rock. It was the birth of punk rock is the same time that chaos magic is coming in. What is the punk rock ethos, basically? Probably still do it yourself. No authority but what you accept yourself. That isn't necessarily that you should ignore, all the traditions. But if you start to look outside of the authority piece, you get around another little problem. It also creates other problems. But you get around another problem where, how many abuses have you all heard from religious sort of people? Oh, okay, sure. If you have a question, feel free to ask. Yeah, I just
1: wanted to ask, um, is it dangerous, like, unsupervised to perform, like, different,
0: like, random... So, I have a personal philosophy that the greater danger is not doing anything in our current world. or. More said than otherwise, if we watch The Matrix, like the blue pill is far more dangerous for us as a species. So is it dangerous? Yes. But not in the way people think and not in the way Hollywood thinks or not the way most other traditions make it. The real danger is something might happen. Not bad. But what does that mean? Well, if you come at it and say, well, something happens, a lot of people freak out, right, until you're ready. That's what the traditions say. Although in Chaos Magic, you do months and months and months when you first start out, if you kind of join most of the orders of just staring at a wall, a spot on the wall, which gets you kind of the mental distance to actually do this kind of stuff. For me, magic is life, as in it is singly the most important skill you can develop in a world that is changing faster than we can comprehend. I can no longer comprehend the changes that are coming down the pike. At the speed, they're coming down the pike. In which case magic is the secret tool so i'm under the, the idea that this is part in the 80s it was also we started the acceleration curve of everything well before the 80s but it's kind of this response what's the most important thing is when you're approaching these different spirits and traditions is do you do it from the heart are you trying to mess with them or are you actually trying to actually talk with them and actually have a communication. Nowadays, unlike previously, everyone has access to anything, which is also furthering what Chaos Magic was originally saying in the 80s. You can find any secret online. The only secrets worth having nowadays are experiences. All the information's there. You wanna know about voodoo initiations? They're secret. I went to Haiti to, to go get initiated. Do you know what I can find the ceremonies online now? C- Say they're online. Wicked ceremonies, all ceremonies are out there in some capacity. But what cannot replace cannot replace that is the experience of that. So that the information's there, but not the experience. So, from my perspective, for the people who are willing, especially in this kind of in Hindu esque nature that we're in right now which is the age of darkness the adolescence phase of the age of darkness which is the age of ignorance those who are would be willing to experience stuff and allow themselves to experience stuff will get the help they need and you kind of know like there's certain things in chaos magic that we also do to make that a little safer like because the real danger is obsession to me where you get so obsessed with one thing because it feels good that you kind of keep doing it to to the point you ask them what color shoes you should wear that day which is a little bit excessive you know hey uh great and powerful celestial spirit what color shoes should i wear (laughs) (laughs) and right that's the sort of obsessional nature of that but what happens is like eventually you realize what you're doing because remember chaos magic cannot appeal to authority if you're seriously practicing chaos magic you cannot use your standing as authority even if you're a priest as your metric, you have to actually look at something different, which is the results you're getting. Because at the point at which we divorced authority, we can't then use authority to say, I'm a good magician, or I, this technique works, or this philosophy works. We have to actually see exactly what's happening in our life and exactly what we can manifest and exactly what we can kind of ritually cause effects to. So that gets to another big tenet. Results over subjective experience. That's a hard metric. It sucks. Sucks a lot. Yeah.
1: So you're just so you're basically saying this would be blatantly true, so no like secrets. Just be like tell it as it
0: is. Yeah, I would go there.
1: But what if some people are not like ready for that? Do you feel like you know it makes you feel uncomfortable?
0: Nobody, nobody that I've ever talked to ever is blatantly ready to take up magic no one like they all get thrown into it like even if they have a teacher they're not ready <laughs> like but that said right this is a meta philosophy and often people coming to this philosophy have already been doing magic for years right so they maybe they've been doing ceremony magic for years before i ever Well, chaos magic was the only thing that ever made sense to me because I wanted to go to school as a biochemist. And it's the only philosophy that has at its core agnostic view of what the universe could be. Test the universe and see what is actually there. Do not assume anything about the nature of the universe. More or less, when we say there may not be an ultimate truth, that's basically stating an agnostic sort of view of I don't know. And everyone is saying different things. So there's no way I can discern which is actually right. Other than how much I like a person or not like a person. That doesn't seem a way a scientist to discern what is accurate. Now, I don't actually think there is an accurate answer. There is what works for you. So as we get further down the path, we realize all magic, almost, whether you're getting trained by another person or not, is experiential and experimental. What works for some of you will not work for me because it's not in my psyche. And chaos magic allows you to kind of say, well, I need to change this ritual here and here or take on do this and this and do it differently because it's not working. And again, what is the metric of working? Did it create a change in observable reality? So even if you do mysticism, what does that mean for an objective change in observable reality? your friends, your family, your coworkers should tell you there's something different about you. So if you do a meditation and it's off the charts, you're like, holy, right? They should notice something about that, you, different. They might say, did you cut your hair? That, I get that, like, Zach doesn't have that problem anymore, right, <laughs> co-owner of our queen city, he doesn't have that anymore, so they don't ask him that. But they ask him, did you lose weight? Why? Because they don't understand what the change is, but that it's there. And you can notice your behavior is different, how you approach the world's different. You can measure that. There's tools in business. We used to measure it all the time, 360 feedback tools. We can measure kind of quantify how many steps you take in accountability. Like if you want to kind of uh, go up the rise in your company, how many steps you're taking that week naturally. Like you can measure all these things that you are acting differently in the world. That is proof that a mystical experience or a ritual has actually changed the world for you. Since we can't rely on authority to say it just happened, we have to look to the results we get as the metric. And I said that kind of sucks, but it also keeps you inherently grounded. You'll never hear me say something like, oh yeah, I caused Katrina, that hurricane that that blew the, you know, all the state. How could I say that, right? There's no way I can test that. Even if I could have caused that, would I admit that on camera? Probably not, right? Because you have to have observable, creatable, testable hypothesis and then test the fact that your reality is changing. Believe it or not, before the modern age, alchemists believed the same exact thing in ceremonial magic. Alchemists said, hey, the experiments of my magic either worked or didn't and there's lead to gold or something else or it didn't work. It wasn't just chemistry. It literally had to have a physical change. The magic was there, and if they didn't get the physical change, the alchemical experience was considered a failure, right? This is sort of what we're doing on a grand level with all our magic. We're saying it either works or it's a failure, and that's okay. It's okay to have failure states. That's just the information that perhaps that set of spirits, perhaps that set of rituals, perhaps that set of changes you're trying to make, it just doesn't make sense for you. That doesn't mean it won't work for zach it doesn't mean it won't work for any of you it means the combination does not work for you for some reason also if you get results but it's negative most people discount that but that's still information right it's not a failed ritual it's actually the opposite something happened in the world it wasn't what you expected it wasn't what you wanted but it still happened the game is very different when you start playing this as a chaos magician You're looking at the world not so much as a prison. You're looking at it as a game. As the magician, do I want to know is how can I change the world? In what ways can I change the world? What is possible and what is not? How can I change myself? How can I change elements to better adapt or get whatever I want? Or how can I do healings for friends and family and make sure they work? That's the game that's being played. very very different and again can i claim authority outside of the results i get i can't because that was the first tenant there's no real tenants it's chaos magic after all there's no real tenants except for me taking on belief systems as the tool itself and then kind of seeing if i can get it to work that's the tenant my results are the tenant my faith is my spreadsheets i mean that sounds really weird and i don't know why i said that but it Kind of odd, but you all understand. My faith is my spreadsheets. That I can show seven times out of 10, I can get this result if I do this procedure. That's pretty good. As a scientist, what am I gonna say? I'm gonna go and say, Zach, I did this ritual. I'd like you to try this ritual I did. Seven times out of 10. Actually, I wouldn't tell him that either. I'd just say, Zach, I'd like you to try this ritual. And i measure his results. He gets 6 out of 10. I get 7 out of 10. I'm like, well, we're on to something here. This seems to be working across people. If I share it with a third peer review, we'll get even more, right? There's no assumption of authority. It's like me testing a hypothesis against the universe and saying, does this tradition work? Does this work for me? Does it work for other people? Does this ritual set of tools work or does it not work? And you'll have, like I said, failed experiments. There'll be times where you do experiments and you'll be like, nothing happened. Maybe something happened subjectively, but there's no observable result or no tangible, measurable change that you can say. As a scientist, you ask, was my methodology wrong then at that point? Or was my methods wrong? Or if the certain things came out of ritual, maybe the spirit didn't like you, right? So, okay that happens there wasn't a good connection and you move on to something else right although i would say i my personal opinion is that if the first time you're someone in spirit or talking to one probably don't ask for anything right it's sort of like hi i'm i'm joe i'm andrea but like this is joe this is andrea nice job how you doing good to meet you that's it that's the end of the conversation it was a good conversation just so you get to know it and that might take a few times Right. So, being honest with yourself, you might have to scale up and see what you can get you, before you start kind of pulling the levers. You got to know what you're dealing with in part. And that takes time. But again, it's the rejection of that capital T that we're doing here. And that's a rejection of that capital T that science does. We're just assuming that as a scientist, The scientific method, not scientism. Scientism is a religion of itself. Scientism says there's no spiritual elements to the universe, right? That's scientism. Scientific method says we don't know. But maybe this is, maybe that's one of the last things we should try is some sort of spiritual other cause. However, when you get further and higher up in science, it gets more ambiguous about the fact they are talking about stuff that literally looks like stuff from the vedics and other holy texts what and they're starting to use metaphors from holy texts because at the highest level of science and math and quantum physics it looks weird like it does look like oh maybe some of these old traditions have some validity but the scientific method is a process to test the universe against your hypotheses that's the core difference Science as a whole rejects truth, wholesale. It just gets a lot of evidence for things, like gravity. There's a lot of evidence for gravity. We, we, could, we could do this, right? And see, there's a lot of evidence that we all have for gravity. If someone came up with a different theory that modified gravi- the theories of gravity and it proved more useful to describe the world, we would use, scientists would basically adopt that theory. Because it's basically saying, well, once you say something's truth or absolutely true, you're now in the realm of religion. Cast magic seems to say, that's try to say the same thing about magic. There's temporary truths that work for you right now. But once you say something is true, you're now in the realm of doctrine, not necessarily magic. And honestly, like we can see this kind of trend over and over and over in all different religions. There's the religious aspects of that. And when you look deeper, there's some magical traditions that somebody does in the street that you have to know people in the country or you have to know people in the neighborhood to actually get the magic. Otherwise, you get the public presentation, which is controlled by the priests or priestesses, depending on the religion. So again, when chaos magic is sort of making that separation between doctrine and magic itself, and then we're trying to understand in a scientific way what exactly is going on here what's the game it's not so much why are we here but that could be part of the question but it's like how exactly is the universe set up how can all these gods be here like how can all these things work together like how can how can you have two people getting different results again from traditions that should be in opposition again become that meta philosophy and then you start talking about well which different tradition has a different model of reality? So a shaman or shaman thought has a tradition of reality that's spirit. Spirits are real, right? That's the assumption. But if you talk to a LeVean Satanist who also gets some results, what do they think of reality in their rituals? It's all in their head. That's the psychological model, right? If you talk to a Qigong master like Zach, he'll be able to say it's all energy all around us all the time, right? It's We're manipulating energies. If you talk to a data scientist like me, I might spot off something about information patterns and we're changing the core structure of the simulation all the time, um, which is the information model in a nutshell. So depending on which perspective you take on looking at that, these different traditions actually tend to have that a different meta worldview have to be there. Like from a spiritual worldview, the spirits create and manipulate the world from the energy thing, the spirits are sort of out there and they manipulate energy. From the psychological thing, it's all in our head. So we're creating our own architects as human beings and anthropomorphizing everything all the time. Although that's, and if you do magic enough, it almost seems like all of them are true at the same time, just depending on which thing you look at. Does everyone know the parable of the three blind men and the elephant? A couple of you nodded. If you've never heard three blind men and an elephant, they put three blind people with an elephant together and they touch different parts of the elephant. And each describes different things. One describes, well, it's hard and smooth. Someone else says, no, that's not what I got at all. This was rough. And uh, it it felt like sandpaper. Another person said, well, I felt like hair across my hand right? because the elephant's tail has hair all three things are true at the same time, right? This is the paradox that chaos magic is actually trying to get to. Like these multiple things can be true at the same time and be oppositionally untrue because of the way our world works and our society works. And we even kind of can even see more that a meta philosophy, we don't have to call it chaos magic, but even in your own personal practices, how much is it guided by all of these different Informations that you can access easily online there's never been a time that you can buy so many occult books on any tradition you want on anything you can get, go on amazon and there's a book on it you want something more right there you want to learn about tarot it's right there you want to learn about any tradition in the world you can get a book that gets you far enough that you'll be able to make contact i guarantee it we've never as a human species had that happen What happened before we went into this new kind of age that required a meta philosophy to deal with it is you'd have a city state. Maybe they'd get conquered by another city state and the beliefs would slowly transfer the new city state because of politics and other things like that. But there would be a slow assimilation, but never before has we been, have been forced into a situation as spiritual beings that we have to deal with cross information streams all the time. Any research is going to have, now multiple different traditions in it even most books cross traditions that's a result of what chaos magicians were doing in the 80s and kind of what we all the testing we did and have anyone heard of christopher panzek no whoa okay he's like a famous author from the states right he did this whole book on reiki and he has all these witch classes he basically credited like some of the chaos Reiki people were doing this because they were talking and doing a methodology of testing new Reiki symbols. Because the idea there is, well, we have this Reiki symbol, we tested it, we're gonna give this to you, report back your results, and let's see if we get consistent results without telling people, uh, well, that one you had to have actually be part of the group for a little while so that way you can do blind experiments. Now, the beauty of this is once you start going along this and getting physical results, you can generally make changes in your life that you want to make. It just takes a while to get to the point that you can do that because you're no longer assuming because you have a subjective experience when you do ritual or hypnotic experience or an inner experience that it's true. It's just or a drug experience, which if you're into that, that's okay. You don't assume that what happens in that experience is true in itself. You weight the value of that experience based on the results it requires, it gets or the changes in your life it produces. So every single thing goes back to grounded earth. Did it work? Did, I, did my life change? Is something different in my life? Is new circumstances coming in there? Is new friends coming in my life? That's also a sure sign of the rituals that you get new people coming into your life or people fall out of your life. If you do a healing ritual, we see this all the time where you do a healing ritual and friends that were sort of frenemies drop out of your life and then new friends come in that are actually authentic. That happens a lot. Like just a consequence of that. So that said, is there any kind of questions? I mean, kind of, I meant for more of a discussion, but I kind of went on a rant for a half hour, but that's okay. Yeah. To, there's consequences to everything you do. I think you
1: guys are like... Um, just, like you just, you know, I'm not sure what they're called, but they're... I think they're just searching for the answers. They're searching for the
0: truth. Would you say that's appropriate? Like, that hypothesis? We're not searching for the truth. We've rejected it. Oh. Oh, you can't reject of the course. truth. We're searching for the mechanisms. No. As in, the universe across different systems seems to have mechanisms that seem to work some of which seem to work cross-culturally so what are the mechanisms that actually not experience truth but better experience the universe itself like how do i actually how do i actually not in a tangential way be one with the universe but how do you actually integrate with the universe in a way that isn't trivial like that isn't based on authority but it's authentic and intimate how do you do that for yourself I think the mother could, do that. could they? maybe maybe totally other questions or I could give stories of chaos magic. Ooh, yeah. Stories of chaos magic, yeah. So one of the things of the chaos magic in the eighties, everyone was doing Cthulhu work all the time.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God.
0: So, you know, and Cthulhu work is basically like if you don't know it, it's from Lovecraft. It's, it's horror. Yeah, it's horror. <laughs> I mean the sad thing about this is that they would they wouldn't take it as a joke, but it was definitely not as taken as seriously as people on the internet took it. But so then you know, every single ritual somehow ends up about being point- tentacle porn because it's Cthulhu rituals. i just... That's the 80s in a nutshell. One of the things I think that Chaos Magic gets the most negative thing is that anyone who is set, anyone who is set in a certain tradition and unwilling to actually see outside of that kind of will go on uh what that person was saying is that isn't there a consequence to experimentation well the truth is there's a consequence to all magic if you are connecting to a spirit you're connecting your ancestors even there's a consequence that's not bad that's not necessarily bad at all because that's what you want a consequence if you want a new job you do a spell and you get a job that's a consequence right the implication there is that uh, as you get more traditional, that this doesn't work, that it's dangerous. It is not. To me, the most single dangerous thing in the current world is nothing happens when you're doing spirituality. I absolutely firmly believe this is the number one most dangerous thing because what happens when nothing happens? People don't do anything. And even if there was spirits that could come through and could guide us, maybe to make a better word it'll give us an idea of the next maybe do an angel ritual and get a cure for cancer if you're a biochemist because that's how your mind would process the energy they would never have that if nothing happens and they believe nothing happens right this to me is essentially like the worst thing that happens isn't that things blow up in your face as a magician it's not you know what if things blow up in my face or things blow up in your face I take it as Great, something happened. Oh my god, oh, the magic worked. Maybe I need to refine that a little bit because it blew up my lab. Uh, oh, oh, that hurts. Do not do it again. <laughs> do not do it again. But, but in the notebook, I'm saying something happened. Something happened right here. And that's beautiful. Because every time something like that happens, just a little bit of the world that imprisons us goes away. Just a little crack. For each of us who've been part of consumers, society and all this stuff that we believe we can't take, we cannot make changes in our life, we can't do X, gets cracked every single time. Every time there's an experiment that goes right or wrong, that gets cracked just a little more. Unfortunately, the answers you have to come to when you start doing more and more practical magic get rougher because then you have to start saying, why am I partially creating a reality that I hate? and not doing anything about it, right? Because it's much easier to take the idea that the experiments and the process will, you know, it's just God's will or just the Spirit's will. Much harder to say, okay, I kind of got the experiments down, the crack in the wall of reality's broken a little. Why am I not doing anything to change these parts of reality I don't like? And that sucks. It's hard because you have to ask these kind of questions. This is where I find that the biggest problem Chaos Magic has for people, besides that everyone in the 80s was doing Cthulhu work and that's that's kind of darn, somewhat silly. If you like Cthulhu work, it's not silly. I'll say that to the internet, but it's, it's useful, but it gets boring to me. But I mean, still, the thing is about this is if you're experimenting and things blow up, That's not a comfortable place. It's much easier, much easier for someone to tell you exactly what to do and have nothing to happen and put it to the will of the gods. The gods didn't will it to happen, so it didn't happen. It's much harder when you take approach that the experiment just didn't work. And maybe I didn't make contact, right? Maybe there was too much noise in the connection to the gods. The gods just didn't hear me. Because my experiment didn't quite get the right measure of techniques right. And that's horrifying to a lot of people. That's horrifying that you can say, yo, your gods will listen if they can hear you. Or, you know what, you don't need a mentor so much because the experiments themselves will break you. And that's okay, right? That's okay because something happened. To me, the worst possible thing to have ever happened with magic in general is Nothing happens. Or if you're calling the spirits, or you're calling your ancestors, or you're calling, you're doing a prayer to Jesus, whatever it's you're doing, nothing happens is by far the most insidious, worst thing that happens. Because what does that teach you? The lesson there and the continual lesson of the lack of experimentation is that none of this is real. That is the lesson when nothing happens. And it's hard because who else says that to us every day? Every single element of society says, none of this is real. Almost daily, in different ways, that is the mantra of what we hear. Only this is real. None of this other stuff is real. Every crack that you can possibly make, even if it blows up in your face to me, is a blessing. Every crack in that belief. At the point at which you have enough cracks, you can start to take real control over your life. But if you're following just a set... Now remember, this is coming from the whole 80s punk rock, right? DYI. Make it yourself. Change it yourself, right? Can't l- really trust authority. If anyone knows about 80s punk rock, that's basically it in a nutshell. Can't trust authority. But can we really trust authority nowadays? I mean, or the media or anything, right? We're in this kind of soup where we don't know. Right? Can we trust the motivations of necessarily all of, all of our spiritual teachers? Maybe. But I've gotten burned. Who else has gotten burned? Zach, you've gotten burned? Yeah. Right? We're pretty experienced. We've gotten burned with initiations that cost $20,000 plus. Nothing happens. And now Chaos Magic comes in. You can't do this. And Chaos Magic is actually really tied to another idea of the left-hand path but not the left-hand path of darkness we often see in the West, but the west hand left-hand path in Hinduism. The left-hand path in Hinduism says a specific thing that by rejecting core elements, oh, look at that, the Empress card came up just on the fly. Okay, I'm on a roll here tonight. But the left-hand path of the, of the Hinduism says, okay, there is the right-hand path, which you go through priests, you go to the temple, you pray, and there's this other path that's equally valid. One of the few religions that actually acknowledges that this other path, which they sometimes just call tantra, but it's usually just magic, is a route to greater spiritual enmeshment or power, whatever you want to call it. I don't like the word power because power seems so uh, weird. Like, what is spiritual power? Like, like I can lift the 10 tons? What, what does that mean? But it's enmeshment. Better spiritual measurement is direct experimentation outside the bounds of society. In Hindu culture, that is all left-hand path. You are literally engaging the magic. So is it more dangerous? Yes. As our friend said who left, it is definitely more dangerous because no one's telling you what's right and wrong. You have to figure it out, engage outside of the realms of society. This is very similar. Although the scientific method gives you a good guidance on what, and how to engage and what to what to move away from if it's not working. In a way, isn't
1: doing nothing just as dangerous, right?
0: Because- I think doing nothing is far worse. Right. I actually Stop. personally believe the fact that people have been doing nothing and believe nothing is why we're in this mess. Like why things keep getting effed up because you know what, even if they couldn't get a teacher, teachers are expensive, I myself charge, Teachers are sometimes expensive. you got to come up to the point you can pay for them. And then you don't get along with them. And then what happens? Right. I mean, there's that. If you can't do anything yourself, what happens? Now, everyone who does stuff themselves i will tell you the truth. Yep. There's a period of time that maybe it sucks. Especially when they're first starting. I've never heard of anyone that it didn't suck. And in traditions like shamanism traditions, time and time again, that first period of time called a shamanic sickness but all magicians seem to go through this where yeah they start out and life's not so good they're literally fighting for survival in some way and they have to earn it they have to earn their survival it's never given to them and this mirrors every single shamanic actual story i've seen and all the stories of medieval witches not medieval but pre-renaissance witches and folk from Europe and folk Chinese magic you don't you have to earn it you literally have to learn enough magic to be able to survive that's like the spirits basically saying okay we heard you knocking we're here see if you're worth it are you okay you you figured out some basic stuff so you you can get rent paid you can get food on your plate great now let's talk right or or they might guide you through the process of that there's this weird cost but then it goes better like you start realizing okay this is what works for me this is what not works for me to me that's still a lot better than believing the opposite right i have to have a teacher or i can't start today or i can't try anything right now because what does that lead well in a way those are all excuses they're they stop you from ever doing anything at all okay i can't do magic till i find the right teacher the perfect teacher the most excellent teacher oh i have to i have to actually work to get this lineage going before i do my first spell maybe it's just to contact my ancestors but i need full lineage right those are all the subconscious tricks that kind of are being played on us to say well you could do something and yes it is a little more dangerous because you might have weird effects the weird effects all come to one principle of attachment if you're not really attached you can detach from the pain of what goes on when you do ritual. It's all good. Like, it's just information. Like, it's, it's cool. Bad things happened, right? Okay. I did a ritual. It blew up. And that is a little less safe. But everyone I know goes through the same thing. And everyone I know who actually even goes through real lineages, and by real lineages, I mean lineages that can show magical power, have the same exact thing they all go through the same exact thing initially when you're learning the first rote exercises they break like go to a real golden dawn like working group when they you're starting the neophytes out they all break so you could do it through, you, you can break yourself through experimentation and pull yourself back through the duii or you could get broken through the rote memorizations and then you, you get some coaching that can happen uh but it's still basically they all break. So the whole any magic can be all magic experimental and all magic is should be life changing. So, yeah, that is a little risk. But as you're saying, doing things far worse because if you do nothing, magic isn't so linear. And this cancer example is one that I raised before. Now, there's a lot of scientists who do magic, a lot that I know. Where do you think they pull the inspiration from for some of their insights? It's not just scientific X, Y, and Z. They're getting insights from some place. Whether you want to say magic is all in your head and they just jog something in their head or not, it's still jogging something. Or whether it's an idea from the heavens itself that creates a change or the hells, if you prefer, you know, or a fox like we did before, or whatever they still are going into your head through that kind of experimentation that would never have happened if you're doing nothing.
1: So would you say that, like, like my understanding was chaos is really just, like, creating chaos. Before, nope. Like before, which very much sounds like it's not. So it sounds more like it's do whatever works. Yes. Right, and try anything. And just, like, is, would that be more
0: That's accurate? closer. Yeah. Let's even what take is- a greater approach, the yeah. Greek approach. Who's familiar with Greek pantheism? Little bit, everything in Greek starts from chaos, everything in Taoism starts from nothing yeah. or chaos, everything in Buddhism starts with nothing, the void, which yeah. is chaos. you like, or the opposite of chaos, nothing, but it's still nothing. Yeah. And chaos are the same things. You know, let's take any of the religions, the Vedic start with nothing, yeah. right? Every single tradition starts with nothing. So, chaos magic is saying, Well, what if we get back to that? that original source, and I'm gonna pick a name that's most offensive that I could possibly do because we're trolling people, Peter Carroll in a nutshell. Why pick chaos? Well, we're in Europe and everyone hates chaos, so we'll pick chaos. And it goes back to the original Greek chaos, and there's this whole game that has this nice chaos star that we can troll people with, which is Warhammer 40K, right, so. So it was a combination of things. But originally, even in Western philosophy, chaos is the original source in the Greek mysteries, which is the oldest mysteries we have in the European source. And it kind of gets to what it's talking about, right? Like if you're saying the structures of the levers are in fact inventions that you make through culture and people came up with, why not get back to the source, as close to the source as we can possibly get, and then move those levers and create those levers. So it's not about just creating chaos. Quite the opposite. You're trying to create your own existence. And uh, there's a lot about science that I talked about, which is shocking, right? Given that almost every, not the internet chaos magicians, I don't want to talk about them, (laughs) but almost every in-person chaos magician I know has a STEM degree. Not only do they have a STEM degree, they have masters or better. All of the people I know. Not all of them, but it's over 80%, which when we start doing statistics, that that's...
1: Yeah, and, like, when you were saying how a lot of the, the science now is is really lining up with the a lot of the ancient teachings. Like, you see that in Ayurveda. You see that in, like you said, the Vedic stuff. It's like, you see that all over the place. So, it's, like, it's really interesting, and, like, would you... So would you like leverage some of the scientific stuff? Like I know there's some quantum physicists stuff, too like or would you just
0: I try not to do that. Yeah. Because while you can talk about quantum physics at the the level of one particle, it gets difficult to extrapolate to oh that was really a scientific answer, wasn't it? Like <laughs> uh it gets difficult to make the extra a reasonable extraction a reasonable extrapolation to a whole life a whole system so why at the levels of one particle it seems to work a certain way can we say that about our lives spiritually yes experimentally with results well that gets really hard we're not there yet (laughs) like i am convinced actually like yes chaos magic has called chaos magic and uh and people hate the idea that maybe the observation of magic changes the magic itself or your. Meta belief about magic changes the magic itself. They don't want to believe that because that would indicate the structure of reality was so fluid. They're not comfortable with the notion of reality being possibly not set. Right. That is an uncomfortable place to be from most spiritual traditions that reality could be more bendable than you would like. That's very uncomfortable. I truly think that. So I think that's the big issue. I think what we're going to call chaos magic in the future is intuitive engineering or something like that in the very near future or cross dimensional transverse intuitive, uh, that star me. spotting. <laughs> what like, or some, some acronym that has at least like 10 things in it. we are gonna put that on. Exactly. You got it right there. So it'll be something like intuitive engineering, like hyper-dimensional intuitive engineering okay right something and that'll be what we call it in like 20 years and it'll be the same thing like some sort of meta belief about magic and the universe any questions we got to wrap it up but i hope everyone got a lot out of it and it was useful and kind of overturned some of the the negativity towards chaos magic book? hands chaos. on chaos magic is my first in my book which is really more of a practical guide to magic than just Chaos Magic to learn. So it's got all these exercises to kind of build a non-denominational sort of set of skills that you need for most magical operations. And how to combine them so that mostly will work. Like, or at least what I found work when you combine them, what combinations work. So that's like Chaos Magic, you get it, it's a long book. It's pretty good, I like it. <laughs> What's the podcast? Yep, we have a podcast, a weekly podcast (laughs) called Deeper Down the Rabbit Hole." Uh, If you have the flyer, you can kind of see it. Uh, It's linked to to our store's website. We have a store in Toronto, Queen City Curio. Our birth booths right over there. It's got the little red sign uh, right behind us, actually. So there we go. Any last minute questions while we're packing up? Or well, thank you for coming. I appreciate it, everyone we have a great audience. And the people over there, way out there, great audience. Thank you. (laughs) All right, Zach, you want to shut it down? Yep. We got five minutes. Thanks, everyone online. Deeper Down the Rabbit Hole is sponsored by the Queen City Curio and Apothecary in Toronto, Ontario. Proudly in East Chinatown. Our store is at 607 Gerrard Street East, Unit 401. Just take the elevator up to the fourth floor, and we're right there. We carry the finest spiritual goods for all spiritual paths. Whatever you are into, we can help. You. Check out our full public library of occult materials with over a thousand books, accessible anytime the store is open. Check us out online at queencitycurio.ca Be sure to leave a wish at our wish shrine right outside our door. You never know, it may just come to pass.